the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Ooh yeah, living proud and living free. Welcome back. Well, welcome back. Welcome to hour two of the Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys here with me tonight. On uh, is is it Taco Tuesday? I think it is Taco Tuesday. Munch, munch, munch. It is. I haven't even talked about. We we had such a jam packed show on the first hour. Glad to have you guys continuing with me into hour two. Um, uh, dos mas. Right. Uh, might as well keep it on Espanol on Taco Tuesday. We got another jam packed show to get in to, to, to bring to you guys tonight. We've got. Did y'all know? Did y'all remember? We actually have a governor's race happening here in the state of California. You wouldn't really think that was actually happening. Nobody's even really talking about it. Well, we're going to talk about it here because we want to make sure you know you got options besides Gavin Newsom. Right. We've actually got uh, Jenny Ray LaRue is going to be here. I actually interviewed her when we did, did. Yeah. When we did the candidate forum down in San Diego with the San Diego County Republicans. Smart lady. Super smart. Super excited to have a chance to interview her. And I love anybody who's throwing their hat in the ring and fighting for us and fighting for our freedoms. And I can't wait for you guys to hear from her because there's new polling numbers out as to what the number one issues are for uh, Californians going into this uh, this. Uh, Re, uh, governor's race in the fall. So stay tuned for that. Well, there's more Twitter breaking news happening every time we turn over around. There's breaking news on Twitter. And and why would what does Twitter got to do with Governor DeSantis? Well, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on the show. And if you want to be a part of the show, give us a call 888-344-1170. You can email me at andreakshow.com. That's our, our live number, though. If you want to call in and actually chat with me on air, and I would like you to do so, 888-344-1170. 1170 if you want to call our 24 hour line and just send us a message or say whatever's on your mind that is 844-814-5227 um, we didn't give our social question of the hour out on on last hour because we had so much we wanted to get into with dr frank and and and, and here's my question for you guys and it's not really related to social so much, but it kind of might be. And that is about cryptocurrency because there's all kinds of news going on in cryptocurrency from a variety of different fronts. And here's my question for you guys. Are you, are you all about the crypto? Are you into cryptocurrency? Are you not? And why? We've got kind of our own feelings here on it, Skins and I do. And it's not just in lacks, because of lack of understanding, because I don't think anybody can even really accurately describe what is crypto, right? What is cryptocurrency? But that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm a hesitant and a no on it. And another reason why I'm a no on it is because um, I think it's a part of moving us to a digital society and part of technocracy, and I'm not on board with that. I'm right there with you. Yeah. But I want to hear 
from you guys because I know that I know conservatives that are all about the crypto and blockchain this and um, you know I, I don't even know enough about it to even throw the words out there 888-344-1170 so um, I, I, there's kind of a dual big story coming out about Twitter today that is is more about where we're at as a nation it's more bigger picture than it is about Twitter itself and it involves an account on Twitter though called Libs of TikTok and somebody first alerted me to that six months or a year ago and said you got to check out this Libs of TikTok and what this account is about is it's this this account just post crazy videos that are out there on TikTok and TikTok I don't even have a TikTok account I never will. I never will. It is from China. It does all kinds of crazy data mining. It was primarily started to attract and for the demographic of children of all ages. And so this Lips of TikTok account was set up to basically let those of us as conservatives and even not conservatives, adults and parents who don't have TikTok accounts to know what is going on on TikTok as they prey upon children. And in particular, so this, this libs of TikTok account just basically pushes out videos. Not she, this, this account is not content creation. The libs of TikTok does not create content on behalf of liberals. It is a, a, an aggregator, if you will. Think of it as a drudge report in a way when drudge was conservative who Basically, this account basically just posts videos of liberals on TikTok and in particular started doing it because Democrats love to pretend that they're not doing what they're actually doing, right? They love to pretend they're not teaching CRT in schools. They're not trying to to indoctrinate your kids into transgenderism in schools. What are you talking about? You're insane. So as, as these topics would come up, libs of TikTok would push out these videos. And there's been a lot of speculation as to who was behind this account because it has grown and grown and grown. I started following it. It's now got, I don't know, 600,000 followers or whatever. Recently, a little while ago, the, the owner of this account pinned a tweet saying, um, I'm probably not going to be long for Twitter. They're going to be taking me down. Do you, you're, you don't really do Twitter at all. No, but I, I follow it very closely. It, uh, it is, was my choice of social media. Yeah. Um, I, I still have an, an account there at Andrea K show. We also have a new one at AK show, San Diego that we'd like you to, to message us at there. It's not my favorite, but Twitter is still where, that is still where where so much of the marketplace of ideas is held. And that's why Elon Musk and people were excited to take it over because that's also where the tyranny is and where they control the message and you control minds, right? So this person who works for WAPO, which is owned by Jeff Bezos, Washington Post, decided to do a story about the person who runs the account of, TikTok, of Libs of TikTok and decided not to do a profile human interest story. Who's this person behind Libs of TikTok? Is this a granny? Is this a man? Is this somebody who, you know, is a senior? Is this somebody? Could this be like an 11-year-old? This was not a story of curiosity. This person... Taylor Lorenz, who just three weeks ago was on video crying and yammering about how she had been isolated and she was being victimized by bullies on Twitter and how horrible it was. She decided to do an article in which she decided to expose the person behind Libs of TikTok to the degree to where this person started, Taylor Lorenz started showing up at the family members. You can see, you can see this, this supposed alleged journalist on a ring camera 
going to family members of the person behind TikTok. And I'm not going to give the name out, but you know what? WAPO did. They put out this person's name and address. That's called doxing. You're, which it, which is, I don't like the term doxing because it's confusing to people and it's wordsmithing. What it is is a target that's been put on this person's back. And this is not a case of trying to suppress libs of TikTok for, the, for an, an expression of an opinion. This is all content created by liberals. This is all about trying to silence her because she's exposing them. She's calling them out. Yeah. This doxing needs to come up with a different word and it needs to be made illegal to where you post somebody's address. It's going to be, it's going to be assumed that your per, the, the, the reason why you're doing this is to bring harm on the individual for which you're doxing because that's the purpose behind it. And this is a bigger story than Twitter because that's what has been going on for a while in this country. That if you dare to have a different uh, opinion than what the government and the state wants you to have, they feel entitled to persecute and prosecute you. Whether your political opposition in the form of Michael Flynn, whether your political opposition in the form of Donald Trump as an outsider going into D.C. to talk about draining the swamp. Whether you are a person of a different opinion and, you know, you think that traditional marriage is biblical and you believe that marriage should be a man and a woman, or whether or not you think that an election was stolen from Donald Trump in 2020 or that there's election fraud, or it, it, they, or whether you're Andy No and you're a person of color and you've exposed BLM and Antifa, they feel entitled to hit you over the head and throw a cement milkshake and hit you over the head with a bar. Or when you're Alan West recently speaking at a college and the young gal from the conservative political group who scheduled the speaking engagement for Alan West was chased by a mob on a college campus and had to hide in a broom closet. They literally consider you the enemy. And, and, and not just consider you the enemy, but feel therefore entitled to hunt you down like a dog and persecute you, and prosecute you, and bring harm upon you and your family. This is where we're at in this country. Who is protecting us from these angry mobs that are seeking to destroy us? When BLM and Antifa was raining its terror across this country, burning down businesses, beating up business owners, killing cops and killing people, what did the, and, and, uh, what did the Republican Party do? They rewarded BLM with Juneteenth Day. If you want to do Juneteenth Day, fine, but it shouldn't be as a reward for people having a temper tantrum that includes assaulting people and beating up people and murdering people and burning down buildings and locking people inside of buildings and torching them, right? The hatred, the division that has been fostered in this country, and this is all a part of the cultural Marxist movement. I was going to save this story and talk about it during Twitter, but this is bigger than Twitter. This is where we're at in this country on the part of the left. That type of thing needs to be illegal, period. It needs to be made illegal. And well, let me tell you, I'll wrap with this. If Alan West had been a, a, a Democrat and that group of mob, mob kids and college kids chased somebody, had been a part of YAF, Young America's Foundation, or Turning Point, they'd have been rounded up. There'd have been bolos put out with their, na- with their names and their pictures, and they'd right been away. rounded up right away, and they'd be thrown into the, into the D.C. gulag and denied bail. 
All right, we're going to shift gears. We're going to take it back and get it just more local here in California. We got a governor's race coming up. We got new Salini that we need to get out of office. And we've got a candidate coming up running against him named Jenny Ray LaRue. And she's a pro-business conservative for governor. I've interviewed her before. She's super smart. You're going to want to listen to her. So stay tuned with us. 888-344-1170. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer, San Diego. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to The Andrea K. Show. 888-344-1170. Got something on your mind you want to call in and tell us about? The kind of social question of the night is really crypto. Yay or nay? What are your thoughts on that? Do you know anything about crypto? Give us a buzz. 888-344-1170. We're going to be talking uh, California now. We've got a uh, candidate for governor. Jenny Ray LaRue is going to be with us uh, in, in a moment and tell us about why she's running for governor. Nobody's even talking about the governor's race. She's going to be here to talk about the governor's race, why she's running, address uh, the latest um, big, the latest polling that's out from Berkeley with the biggest concerns on the voters. And in fact, uh, we're going to take calls later because Gavin Newsom is is getting some criticism for his uh, his plan for homelessness, which involves um, hospitalizing some of the homeless. And he's getting a lot of criticism for that. And so we're going to take your calls on that uh, next segment and whether or not you think that's appropriate. 888-344-1170. But now we want to hear for the woman running for governor. I interviewed her during the recall election, was super impressed by her. She is a businesswoman, super smart and uh, fiscally conservative. She is Jenny Ray LaRue and she joins me now. Hey, Jenny Ray, thank you for being here. Andrea, so good to be back. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for running because, you know, what? one of the things we talk about is here in San Diego County, we had over 200 seats in which Democrats were running unopposed from water districts, school boards. I mean, we got conservatives complaining all day about what's going on in these schools and nobody's running for these positions. And I get it. I know how hard it is for people to run for office because talk about a target on your back. It's difficult to do. It takes a lot of time, a lot of money, but we've got to do it. If we're going to take the state back, tell everybody why you're running. My kids, my kids are my future. They're the future of California. And two years ago, I was one of those people that was like, somebody should do something in California. I wonder who it's going to be. And I looked around and I started wondering where all these people were to step up into these roles. And I felt like I had a lot on my plate. I'm a busy woman. I own a business. I've owned it for at the point eight years now. I've owned it for 10 years. My kids are in school, so they're busy. We're uh, a bilingual family, so they're learning English and Spanish together. Uh, We've got kids sports and kids music and, and kind of, you know, everything that's going on. And then I'm a guest lecturer. I'm an expert on growth and growth for businesses, growth for organizations. So I travel all over the world to places like Harvard Business School to teach on growth. And so I, this was not really something that I felt like I had extra time well, for yeah. to run for office and certainly not to run for governor of California. But I started looking around and asking, you know, where was the heart of the culture war in California? What needed to change 
for the state to really dramatically change. And I respect everyone who stands up and runs for an office at any level, but I have executive training and the ability to change not just culture, but ideas in a state the size of California. And that's exactly why I'm running to do just that, to build our future, the future for my kids that I want to live in. Well, well, God bless you for it. I mean, I'm exhausted just hearing about all the things that you do. Good grief. Um, but yeah, and to be throwing your hat in the ring in the middle of all that just shows your commitment to the state and you're wanting to do something about it. I love that you're addressing the culture because I think one of the things I talked about when you were here for the candidates forum was that, you know, typically all Republicans and conservatives all agree in low taxation and low regulation. It's the cultural stuff that Republicans, you know, don't, they're, they're not comfortable fighting in that arena. And so they avoid it. And now here we are where we've got five-year-olds being put on puberty blockers and, um, um, all kinds of, you know, cultural issues going on in the state, and we got to hit it head on. What do you That's think? Right. Uh, I mean, I know that this, as I say that, I mean, there was a poll that came out from Berkeley IGS did a survey, and they said the biggest concerns right now with voters are high gas prices, low housing affordability, persistent homelessness, and crime. And while I look at that, I think, you know, these aren't really cultural related. They actually are, aren't they? You look at the crime wave we've got going on. Isn't that a cultural issue? Absolutely. And, you know, depending on the polls, like you're saying, right, the economy is usually right up there along with crime, homelessness and education. And really all of these are the social issues of the day. But probably more importantly, they are not issues that are untouched by government. In fact, every single one of those issues that you mentioned are directly related to regulation or some kind of government management, government program, or government overreach. And, you know, what we do is we fight the culture war on the level of the culture war instead of going to the root of the problem. And that's really what we've done in my campaign. I have these amazing policy advisors, and I've traveled to 48 counties in the state to seek out solutions. Like, how do you have an affordable solution for homelessness that gets to the root cause, which is somebody needs to be in transitional housing, but then have access to mental health and and drug abuse care. How do you solve for crime? Well, you can't close prisons, right? And all of these issues are not about social equity in the way that we've begun to talk about them. They're really about just keeping very clear lines about core values. Do we have a core value of safe communities or not? If we do, then we need to manage to that. Do we have a core value of fighting for our kids, reimagining schools so that they are the creators in the workforce in the future? Great. That's what we need to fight for. And I think a lot of Republicans have historically fought just against something instead of for something. And that's where we've lost our voice in California. It's time to get it back. Yeah, we're talking to Jenny Ray LaRue. She's running for a governor here in the state of California. We got to stop thinking that we just don't have a chance and have nobody run for it. Skins, did you have a question for Jenny Ray? It follows up with what you just said there, Andrea, that the the fact that there is this huge culture war, Jenny Ray, in the state of California. Everybody sees it, especially the conservatives. Yet after the recall didn't go our way, and I wish that it did, you're not having as many conservatives or Republicans stand up to offer a choice between Gavin Newsom and somebody more sensible. Why do you think that is? Well, I think it's because we view the state as unwinnable. But here's the problem with that. If you look at the data from the recall, there's actually one factor that was directly correlated to whether people voted yes to recall Newsom or no to keep him in office. And that factor was their view on the economy. 
in September of 2021, the economy was not in overheated discussion about inflation. We didn't talk about supply chain crises. We were having a totally different conversation. And now the things that you mentioned, high gas prices, impossible housing, a challenge that's facing not just everybody, but the middle class, especially in California, is really bringing home the question of who is responsible for all of these issues. And unfortunately, all of those issues point both to Sacramento and also to the White House. And, and again, I, I'm not working on getting partisan here. We just want to be problem solvers. And, and problem solvers are going to look at those issues and really, um, you know, actually see this moment for the opportunity that it is, which is a historic chance to stand up and say, you have problems. We've got solutions. And that's really what I'm encouraging people to do up and down the ballot. Right. Well, I spent a lot of years in, in corporate America. And one of the things we were trained to is to accurately identify the problem. Because if you're throwing all these solutions out there that where you haven't directly uh, identified what the problem is, you're going to spend a whole lot of time and money and going in circles. And, and actually, the Democrats have made it worse. Uh, it, under the guise of equity, now, um, and, and I see it as a form of reparations, I'm going to say it, that you can go into a store and steal up to $1,000 worth of stuff and not even be prosecuted. Um, we've got um, we've got cops everywhere just, you know, being being I mean, what's the point of them to even trying to arrest somebody if they're if they're going to be let back out on the street during covid? It was an excuse to open up the prisons and just, you know, flood the community with it. You know, we've got all these, um, you know, sexual offenders being thrown into neighborhoods close to kids. You know, that's all about social equity stuff. And the solution is to treat everybody equitably. And the fact that if you commit a crime, you go to jail and you stay there, right? That's right. And you know what's making it impossible to do that is that Newsom just is closing prisons. He's closing juvenile detention centers. So we had originally a capacity issue in our prison system, but instead of solving for the issues, focusing on workforce and rehabilitation, education, training, jobs um, for for prisoners, uh, he just close the prisons and release people back onto the streets. And, and for a while in a great economy, in a booming economy, you sweep those things under the rug. But the problem is that an economy where things aren't going well exposes all the issues. It's like shining the light and all the cockroaches come out. Right. And, um, and, you know, it is, California is a complicated state. Um, it's, it's not an easy state to manage, but again, the core values of Gavin Newsom are Gavin Newsom. That's it. Right. right. Him and his future political career, not the people of the state of California. And what we're seeing even in the Democrats is that they're kind of splitting around these issues. Some are really on the warrior side and others are interested in solving problems, but don't have the tools to do that because we don't have business people. And right. even in our legislature, we have 117 people in the legislature out of 120 that are not from a business background. And so they aren't equipped to uh, answer these questions for the voters of California. We've got too many lawyers. We've got too many lawyers in elected office everywhere that which is and it's a fundamentally antagonistic uh, you know um process and their mindset is antagonistic and they know how to manipulate the the laws to their advantage and and use legalese and wordsmith to get around things. Um Gavin Newsom 
bragged about how COVID gave him an opportunity to get programs established in the state that he never would have had the opportunity to do. He bragged about the state being on a dimmer switch. It was obvious that, you know, Mussolini, as I call him, was about exploiting COVID to get his communism over on us. And the Democrats are in line with that. Now, there's been um, uh, a couple of bills that got shot down. One was shot mandates on kids in schools. One was every worker had to get a shot mandate. There's still one I talked about that's at play last night, which is uh, 2098, which would seek to strip doctors of their medical license and be punished if they don't tow the Fauci line. What would you be doing as a governor different than Mussolini when it comes to these the public health initiatives and the Emergency Act and the emergency authorization? Yeah. Well, don't forget the law enforcement one that said right. that they had to, you know, enforce the, right. um, the orders. Well, again, right, Newsom's, Newsom's entire portfolio for politics is about advancing his political career, which includes, you know, completing this run for governor now and then moving on to the presidency. And God forbid we do what we have done in California to America, right? It would be, it, it wouldn't mm-hmm. just warning for everyone. So the difference is that I'm a business person and look in every state that has, that is a blue state that has a Republican governor, that person is a business person. They're not the flashy politician that throws out all of the, all the um, solutions and issues in the five word statements. They're people who promise authentically to solve problems. Like you said, in the business world, if you promise to solve a problem, you're accountable to solve a problem. And so what we need is somebody who cares about three main things. One, businesses thriving in the state. Two, families wanting to live here and build their future here. And three, kids having a future. And every core value for how we should manage the state goes back to those things. When it, what do you, if what, we are out of me, line with those, which right. all of those laws were, then, then there are no. Um, quickly, when, in about a minute left, where are you? We're loving everything DeSantis is doing. One of the things he's doing is the parental rights bill. I don't think it went far enough in Florida, though. I don't think we, there should be any ch- any discussion in a classroom with a teacher about sex with a child. Your thoughts? Absolutely. My kids should not be exposed to sexualization uh, when they're young. Here's the challenge. We have to remove it from curriculum, but some of what they did in Florida was made possible through the legislature. So we'll have different challenges in California. We have to acknowledge the California reality. Um, But, but in terms of, you know, my kids are in school, everything that happens in schools, my kids are stakeholders of that. And it's not something that I want my kids to be taught in school. Gotcha. Jenny LaRue, we're going to have to have you back because I'm loving everything that you're saying. Appreciate it. Tell everybody how they can get more information and support your campaign. Absolutely. Well, we have ballots coming out in just about three weeks, if you can believe it. It does feel like we just had an election. But but you'll have your ballots for the primary. It would be honored to have your vote and your support when those come out. But beforehand, you can just help us get the word out by funding the campaign or signing up to volunteer at our website, Jenny Ray C-A, J-E-N-N-Y. R-A-E-C-A dot com, or you can reach us on any social channel, including Instagram and TikTok at that same handle, Jenny Ray C-A. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Take good care. Thank you for having me. All right. Um, speaking of uh, California, I didn't have a, a chance to go into much in detail, but we're going to talk about Gavin Newsom's plan on homelessness. And I want to hear from you and hear what you ha- what you think about it if you think it goes too far. 888-344-1170. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer, San Diego. 
bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Yeah, welcome back to The Andrea K Show, 888-344-1170. Posed a couple questions to you guys tonight. One of is about crypto. I don't know if I, I don't know anybody personally that's doing crypto, but if you're out there and you're doing crypto or you like it or you're interested in it, crypto, yay or nay, I, I'd like to hear from some people on it. I, I think maybe we need to think about booking an expert on it to come and talk about it, but I need to learn more about it. But I'm certainly right now, I'm skeptical because I think it's a way for the new world order and globalism. To I don't usher want us. an all digital currency. I, I don't, I don't want an all digital currency at all. It, but it, but we're not an all digital currency right yeah. now. Would you be okay Small with it if it was? Well, that's true. It's death by a thousand cuts, right? Um, well, and that's what the left always does. Do you want to give the, give that option to them? No. Right. And that's also how we ended up in a state completely covered in homelessness, right? I mean, it starts with a right. few people and now we've got a hobo jungle and we've got tent cities everywhere and it's growing and growing and growing in San Diego in spite of the fact that Republican mayor um, Kevin Faulkner spent $40 million to house 900 homeless for months in the convention center and they're all now out on the street. $40 million. Think about how much money that is. If that had solved the problem, it'd be one thing. But all it did was a temporary solution. And by the way, that was done when there was no home, uh, no outbreak of COVID in the homeless population. This was Kevin Faulkner trying to make some, you know, trying to end his time as mayor under the guise of supposed, you know, having solved the problem and even did his on the way out party with Todd Gloria at front of the convention center. Now, $40 million later, we've actually got a growing po- issue here in San Diego County with homelessness. It's a, a just a growing problem across the nation as well. I'm seeing it in New Orleans when I never saw it in New Orleans before. So it's a growing problem. So I, I didn't ask Jenny Ray LaRue about it because, you know, I could do two, I could do two whole shows on it. Gavin Newsom has a, a plan now. And we know that it is complex. We know there's a variety of different reasons why people are out on the streets. But primarily we know that the majority of the people on the streets are there because they want to be. And why do they want to be? Because they either have some type of severe mental health issue. I saw somebody in my neighborhood today walking up and down the street talking to himself. He is, not, he is, he is mentally gone, right? We also know that many have a drug problem. Right. They're alcoholics or drug addicts because we've got facilities out the yin yang in San Diego. Father Joe's villages for one. And he always said, don't give to any money and money to anybody on the street because there's nobody who needs to go hungry in San Diego. We got food places for them. What they don't want is they don't want to be accountable. They want to get money from you. So they go buy drugs or alcohol or even food. What they don't want to have to do is fulfill the requirements asked of them at Father Joe's Villages, right? So Gavin Newsom, we know that the majority are drug addicts or mentally ill. Gavin Newsom came out with a new plan to try to um, deal with the homeless crisis. And it calls for court-ordered treatment of homeless people. And here's how it would work. It's called the Care Court Framework. It's an initiative strategy to guide an estimated 7,000 to 12,000 people into housing and much-needed treatment. Under the proposal, family members, behavioral health care providers, and first responders could petition a civil judge to initiate a care plan for eligible individuals who lack medical decision-making capacity. Skin, do you have a problem with this? Explain. My main problem with this, and you did a very good job at uh, bringing up the situation at the beginning of the segment, which was... A lot of the people, a majority of the people that are out there uh, willingly wanting to be homeless have some type of a drug addiction, have some type of mental condition. But that's my point. Not 
all homeless people that are wanting to be there are drug addicts or have mental conditions. They just don't want to be a part of regular society and they would like to be homeless and so then how does this problem into anything so what what, what the, under this under this proposal it would take a family member and a bunch of different people to go before court and get them admitted so if you just want to be homeless first of all anybody who just chooses to be homeless you don't think that's somebody that's got some type of mental issue that you're you I'm don't want to be a part of their behalf well i i, I think that i think that if you are making a conscious choice that you just want to be a homeless person, then, you know, that's that's not fair to the rest of society. And I don't think I don't think you should get to make that choice in which you're living your your um, how are you you're not functioning in society. You're if you're choosing to be homeless, you are basically saying that you, you I'm trying to be careful how I say this. Nobody who chooses to be homeless is right in the head. If you're choosing to be homeless, I think you fit some type of mental health problem, and 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 you should and you should be um, living in society in a way that's that's not a drain on the community. I might not have stats in front of me, but just from uh, knowing how many people it affects, I would disagree with you. I would say there's probably even if it's a small percentage, Andrea, people out there that are normal type people and they just would what rather be person? on the streets. What normal person wants to be on the streets? And the thing is, is that if you're on the streets, where are you laying your head and sleeping at night? Where are you, what facilities are you using to go into the bathroom? Are these the people that are pooping and while well, people are trying to eat at a restaurant, out at, at an outdoor restaurant? You go to downtown San Diego, I had a friend visiting a few months, a, a few months ago, and it, and this was human waste on the streets of downtown San Diego. We yeah. are starting to turn into San Francisco and I think that I, I was at speaking at a Republican event, 888-344-1170, if you want to weigh in on this. I, um, at, I was at, speaking at a Republican event last week, and one of the gals that came up to me said, you know, this was the, she used to work in the healthcare and the, and the mental health community. Uh-huh. And one of the worst things that we did as a society was remove it was uh, was closed down all the psychiatric units in the hospitals across this country because, you know, you your mental health, it's, it's kind of like COVID, right? We say that your, your, your fear of a virus, my rights don't stop where your fear begins. My rights as a, as a person and, and as a citizen don't stop where your desire to live on the street ends. What about right? the freedom to live on the streets? What, what, why, what, and I guess that's the fundamental philosophical it question. Really Does somebody have a right to decide to live on the streets? Because you're living on typically on somebody else's property, whether it's a business property or whether it's a condo community or the front yard of somebody's home or in a canyon where we had fires that were so bad in L.A. years ago where um, the the um, Sepulveda Pass was erupted in flames and, 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 and we had massive I, I think that was when the we had four or five fires at the time and we had I don't know how many Bel Air burned down most of those fires were started by homeless encampments in the hills it's a very big fundamental question and I'd it is. love someone to call in and give what they think on I it. I don't think that you if, if you I don't think you have a fundamental right to be homeless because at some point you're going to be a problem on somebody else's property. That's the problem. You're in, in. Then, when it comes to the mentally ill, society should should be safe from individuals that are mentally ill. They pose a, they pose a danger to citizens in this country, 
And, you know, and, and just housing them, one of the things they tried to do, there was this whole tent tent area in Santa Ana. And during COVID, since ho- hotels were shut down, they decided, well, we're get, we've seized control of the hospitality industry. We've got all these empty ho- hotels. Let's put the homeless in there, which was part of uh, just an exploitation of COVID that they could get one of their programs over. And um, they still wanted to do drugs and they still wanted to do their alcohol and they didn't want to pay, pay for anything. And then by the time the money ran out, they just went back out on the streets. And, you know, it is a societal problem. There are some things in which government, you're supposed to, you know, pr- if, if, what is government's role? It's to protect the citizens. Red light, green light, protect our borders, uh, the, the Department of Defense to protect us against enemies. And I think they also should protect the citizens against other citizens. That's what our police department's for, what our law enforcement's for. And I shouldn't have to be scared for my safety because of a mentally ill person roaming around. I guess I'm also a little skeptical, Andrea, just because of all of the other overreach that Governor Mussolini has done in every other area. Is this going to be like it's spelled out so far, or is it going to be something much worse? Fair point. Fair point. But, you know, um, this is a public, this is a true public health issue, too, by the way. We had, um, we had a hepatitis outbreak here in San Diego That's a right. couple of years ago. We know that as the trolleys opened up here in uh, La Jolla UTC area, I think I heard that the day the trolleys opened, a homeless people came up here and a homeless person stabbed a security guard at the mall near, near here. So I think that this is one program I agree with, with Gavin Newsom. I get the slippery slope with Democrats. I get it. We're two and a half years later, and they're still one to shove masks I'm on our faces. I'm always a little skeptical. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up. Speaking of COVID, the Biden administration made a move today against doctors. You're going to want to stay tuned and hear this. 888-344-1170. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer, San Diego. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K. on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Before the break, we were talking about uh, Governor Newsom's plan on homelessness, which is with this care court to use different uh, individuals from family members to law enforcement to seek a court to uh, hospitalize somebody who's homeless on the basis of uh, needed medical care for mental illness or... Um, drug addiction and so we had a healthy debate here but we still want to hear from you we're about to wrap tonight's show but our our 24-hour line is 844-814-5227 do people have a fundamental right to to live on the streets what do you think about this are you concerned about government overreach we gotta saw here's what we know if we know the majority of people on homeless on the street are there because they got a mental illness and a drug addiction we got to do something to solve the problem i'm not sure if this is it but w- w- you know uh, at that you are right about. Something does happen. Something's got to be done. 844-814-5227. Speaking of doing something, President Trump uh, tried to get um, something done back in uh, 2019. It was the so-called conscience rule. Um, it was finalized in 2019, and it would allow those in the healthcare community to be able to uh, make decisions for themselves. It would have permitted them to refuse to do things that they had a conscientious objection to, kind of like a conscientious objector in the military, right? Um, healthcare workers would be permitted to refuse to provide abortions, contraceptives. Um, I hate this language here in Newsmax, gender affirming care. There is no such thing as gender affirming care. See, this is where the left wins because they get what is supposed to be conservative outfit, outfits using their chosen language. There is no such thing as gender uh, affirmation medical care. You're born either male or female. 
unless there's some rare, what we call in statistics, an outlier, you are male or you a female. If you choose to want to live your life as another sex, you can, you can medically alter your body, but it doesn't change your gender, right? And it is not health care. Okay, this kind of stuff makes me crazy. This or is a great thing by Trump. Yeah, or or they could object to any other procedure on moral grounds. Why would you? Why would this? And now the Biden administration. It never really took effect. I don't know why. Um, it, oh, it was blocked by federal courts after lawsuits were filed, of course, because they don't want the individual to have medical freedom in our lives anymore, unless it's the only freedom they want you to be allowed to have medically is to kill your child in the womb. Your preborn child. I mean, that's really it. And um, you, as a, as a patient, don't have the right now to, according to the left, to make decisions for yourself. And they don't want your doctor to be able to make decisions either for you as a patient or for themselves as a healthcare provider. Think about that. We talked last night about doctors and how they spend, and I used to help train med students, what they go through, the amount of money they spend from undergraduate to med school, and then their internship and their residency, then they got to launch a practice. The, it is an undertaking. It is, and it costs a fortune, and it is not easy. And then they're not going to have the right to decide what care they provide. Some, some parent comes in and it, it, to a general physician's, a family physician's office and says, I want to put my four-year-old on puberty blockers. And they're, they're forced to go along with it. That's insanity. This is government control over, over complete control now. See, there's that government overreach again. Well, yeah. And we wouldn't be here had the, the Republican Party, Trump, when Trump took office, he had the White House. He had both houses of Congress. And going back to 2014, even before that, there were two reasons why, two main reasons why voters gave control of both houses of Congress during the Obama administration to Republicans. It was in 2014. and 2010, they gave the House to Republicans. The Tea Party did because they wanted to stop the spending taxed enough already then the republicans excuse was well we don't have the senate right so then we put up romney in 2012 that was a disaster so then 2014 rolls around democrats independents joins join republicans and gave republicans control of both houses for two reasons the border and obamacare because when the reality of obamacare started setting in they said you need to get rid of this dog this is government overreach they're controlling our lives and by the way it's costing us a fortune and they promised that they would do that they promised they would do it and john mccain Flew back from Arizona, sick with a brain tumor, should have given up his seat to somebody, but he was that selfish. Flew back and cast the vote to keep Obamacare. And now Chuck Grassley is saying, hey, I'm just one voice, but if the Republicans take control back of the House and the Senate, we're not going to do anything to repeal Obamacare. And they haven't mentioned anything about the they should even be speaking out against California and all the pieces of legislature uh, legislation oh, sure. that they're trying to, trying to push through here. So so goes California. I since when? And by the way, healthcare workers they pay for their own degrees, they pay for their own college educations, they fund their own practices. How? Why in the world should the government be able to dictate to them who they should have as a patient? I should have the right as a restaurant owner, right, to be able to deny somebody service so now a healthcare provider doesn't have the choice as to what they do with a patient why would they get into the business in the first place yeah who's going to do this now think about it this is this is now 100 percent the government in complete control over our medical system they want yeah and it's crazy 
Hey, thanks for being here. Thank you to Dr. Frank. Thanks to, thanks to the listeners tonight. I know I wasn't able to get the Facebook up for a second hour. Love you guys. We're going to be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.